Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy. Y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Para pa pa pa. Dicen que traigo la suerte a todo el que está a mi lado. Y esa es mi mala fortuna. Basada en el clásico de Juan Rulfo, llega Univision, el gallo de oro. Supongamos que la caponera puede inclinar la suerte a quien ella quiera. ¿Estás tardando en conquistarla? Con Lucero, José Ron y Plutarco Asa. Este gallo está cambiando la vida. En una historia legendaria de amor y azar. No trates de cambiarme, no lo vas a lograr. El gallo de oro, lunes a viernes a las 9 por Univision. Mamas, between work, the house chores, the children, your husband, self-care, the list goes on. Do you feel like you're stuck in chaos? Like you can't get a break to stick your head up to just take a beat? We feel you. Today we talk to Lara Hernandez, mother of 10 and creator of Mama Systems, which provides online resources to help mothers bring more peace to their homes by coaching them through ideas, schedules, incentives, chores, and delegating. <laughs> We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. I think I needed this uh, conversation today more than ever. But yes, hi, hello. Hello, hi Karen. How are you? You look so pretty. So Karen got this like new look. She's a little bit more blonde. A little, a little bit. bit, a lot more blonde. I always do this. Like, I think Motherish has gone on long enough where... If anybody has followed this from the very beginning, I have had brown hair, red hair, blonde hair, short hair, long hair, <laughs> curtain bangs, not curtain bangs. Like that's my outlet where I just let. And meanwhile, I do my hair so often because I have so much gray hair, you guys. Like I think I'm at like 70% at this point. If I let it go, like it's all, I'm just, it's a sad realization. But also it's genetics, it's not my fault. You look beautiful. Thank you. And I'm wearing my really cheap Temu glasses. I love it. Not sponsored by Temu, but also <laughs> they were like, lightning deal, $1.48. And I was like, why is this $1.48? And then I got it. And I actually really like them. I think they're fun. They look adorable. <laughs> the whole look I love today. So why don't we start with our motherish moment? You want me to go first? Go, go for first. it. Go for it. So I took a trip to Europe and this was the longest time I have left Ford behind. And I am so proud of him, of the entire village who handled him while I was gone. I'm proud of myself because it was weird. It was like first few days I was kind of like, okay, enjoying it. I'm glad he already started school. So it's actually easier to leave him because he has his set routine and it's like just easier to handle him. And it's just, you know, the logistics are just easier overall. 
And then like I went through like maybe three, four, day five, really missed him. And then it kind of peaked down again. We're kind of like, oh, this kind of went pretty like faster than I thought, mm. you know? And then obviously when I saw him, I was like melting and I, I you know, he was so sweet and so cariñoso. So yeah, so it was 10 days, which is a long time. Oh my God, I didn't realize it was 10 yeah, days. Yeah, it was 10 days, a long time. Wow. And, but you know what, it's necessary. Did so you, you talk to him while you were gone? You know what, another thing. So obviously we have FaceTime, we could connect. I actually found it that it, I honestly figured out that it was not helpful for him mm -hmm. to see me. Because mm -hmm. he would get confused. He was like, but come home. Like, what are you doing? Just come home. Like, where are you? We started this, this thing where we counting the moons to when he got to see me again, which mm -hmm. is so cute. So it was like, dos lunas más, baby. You know, like two nights, two more moons before you get to see me. So I think like it gives him a little bit like sense of time and it brought him peace to kind of be like, it calmed him down, my mom said. So your mom was was staying with him. Yeah, she kind of led the yeah the charge and the good 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 good. <laughs> Takes a few people, but yeah, she was the one that was kind of supervising the whole thing. Yeah, so at the end, the last few days, I just wouldn't Facetime with him. Like I just talked to my mom and kind of check up on him. Mm -hmm. She'll send me pictures and videos, but I just found that it was not helpful for him. Like it was very selfish of me to want to see him when I saw him obviously getting worked up and emotional when he got to see me. Yeah. So I kind of just cut the FaceTimes the yeah. last, you know, three or four days. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so mom, if you're out there thinking, you know, oh, can I leave my kid? Yes, you can. I mean, obviously with someone you trust, but it's nice. And it was, I slept so much. People ask me like when I take trips without yeah. my kid, the one thing I do and the main thing that I do is sleep. Yeah, oh, because you're a, a big sleeper. You love Like a sleep. deep sleep, like a yeah. deep, deep sleep. Like I don't care, like no one's going to call me like, I'm deep sleeping and I just, you know, returned so well rested. A little jet lag. It took me a little bit, like three or four days to kind of get used to the schedule, the time change. But I'm here. Good. I'm here. Good, good, good. I know it's something that you wanted to do, so I'm glad you, yeah, it you did beautiful. it. Yeah, it was nice. I gained six pounds, just FYI. I mean... I think yeah. I had gained like two or three before the trip and I kind of just like went crazy and like... This is actually the heaviest I've been. The last time I was this heavy, I had just given birth. Wow. So okay. I'm back. But it's okay. It's okay. Whatever. It's fine. You look great. End of summer. Good I'm going to get back on track. I'm going to start working out. I'm motivated. But yeah. Well, my motherish moment, I'll try to make it brief because I have a lot to unpack with it. But basically, I've been really struggling with Victoria and her four-year-old attitude and her desires to do everything. And I had a realization in the middle of one of my many breakdowns about it, which is that we have a very similar personality in terms of wanting to lead mm. in everything. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Pamela, for confirming yeah, that. Okay. So we have a very similar personality in which our nature is to lead. You know, now we are spending so much time together because, you know, I'm not working anymore. And after school, it's just us and everything that we get into these battles. And I, I feel embarrassed saying it because I'm the one who needs to modify my actions here, but it's just hard because I'm human and it's normal. But we get into these like moments where there's a lot of stress because we're trying to outlead each other. Mm. And it's so hard because I'm like, but I'm the grown up. And like, you can't like, you know, and then, you know, I you try to lead, you mean like make decisions or yeah, like this is what we're doing. Right. And okay. da, 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 like yeah, basic things that we need to get done. And like, you know, it's just been I've been really struggling because I see her with me. She has 
bigger reactions and bigger defiances than with other people. And the conclusion after a lot of analysis on my end is that I am the one that is giving her the most boundaries. I am the one giving her the most structure. I am the one giving her the like kind of like disciplining, right? Like Juan doesn't really discipline at the level that I do because he doesn't spend as much time as I do. And so it's tough when sometimes he'll be like, oh, you know, I took care of Victoria tonight and like it was great or in the morning or whatever. And we didn't have any issues at all. And I'm like, oh, I, know. Okay. I get that all the okay. time. Oh, he's and it's so easy to put a bed. He's such a sick. He's a yeah. dream. He's an angel to get ready to go to school. I'm like, I'm like, well, the difference is that while I take care of Victoria, I also have to be productive and I also have to make dinner, get groceries, do things like I can't just sit there and play like if I sat there and played then yeah I'd be a freaking fun great mom too I am a fun great mom but whatever <laughs> she would think it anyway I don't want to make it too long but because this is, could be a whole other episode but basically like my conclusion is that we have such similar personalities that we are trying to outlead each other and I need to get a better handle on how to maneuver all of that situation while also not crushing her spirit, which is something that I feel very strongly about. Like she has this personality, which I think is going to be amazing for her as an adult, as a child, it's a challenge as a person raising her. And the other part is that I don't know how to discipline. I still haven't found my voice in it. And I try to be like, this is, and then I'm like, that doesn't work. And then I try the gentle version and that doesn't work either. And so it's just a struggle. But anyway, that's where I'm at lately. And it's just, I'm pretty tired it's and draining. I love her. Yes, it's and draining, it's draining. Yeah, but that was my very long-winded motherish moment. <laughs> Thank you for my therapy session. Okay, Laura. No, we, we definitely, we should do an episode on, on yeah. this because I feel like we always struggle with this and we kind of like want to cry about yeah, it. Yeah, we have a guest. We have a guest but, that we're reaching out to who's a child psychologist who we're trying to book her for a future episode. And I think with her, it would be great to talk about You know, because all you ever hear of before your child is born is like, oh, the terrible twos. And I'm like, what? That was nothing. What was it? What is that? I don't even. First of all, it wasn't terrible. Like, this is a joke. Like, Laura, we would love to have our guest. Laura, share your mother's story. So Laura's the mother of 10. Yeah. So we sound like morons. She was like, oh, God. Kids play. Kids child's play. I think my mother's moment was definitely this past weekend. I took our oldest is 17 and our youngest is four. And we had on Thursday night, we had a Mother's Day out, like meet the teacher thing for my four-year-old. This is his first little program to do. And we went there and it was very like all these young families with their two or three children. And I could just picture my oldest that are now a lot older, right? Waddling into their Mother's Day out program. And I think just the reality of my life stage was very sobering. And then the next day we went and did a college visit with my daughter. And so there's that piece and then dropping Henry off on Tuesday morning, like all of that combined just felt like a lot. And I know that there's grief there and I know that there's joy there and I know that there's like so many layers of it, which I think is what makes it a motherish moment yeah. because there are always so many layers to motherhood and all the feelings and emotions we have about our kids at all the same time is fascinating to me. So I think I've just been trying to process that and trying to dwell more on the, okay, this is a good thing. This is a good season. We've done good work. Or let her go and let my little one go too. So that's my moment. But you have like one going in and one going out into something else. That's wild. And and you're so right. Like there are so many layers to every feeling all the time. That's so spot on. Aloha, mama. 
Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Hacer tequila Don Julio es como escribir una carta de amor a México. Beber tequila Don Julio es como declarar ese amor al mundo entero. Don Julio es el tequila de lujo original, hecho con la misma pasión que recorre las raíces de nuestro país. Porque si no es por amor, ¿para qué? Consume responsablemente. Don Julio tequila, 40% alcohol por volumen 2020, importado por Diageo, America's New York, New York. Esto solo es el principio. Porque lo mejor... Esto no se va a quedar así. Lo más impactante... ¿Por qué? Soy tu madre. Esa mujer me robó. Por favor, abre tus ojos. Está por venir en... ¡Pablo! ¡Entendiste! Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. Y eso sí que amerita un brindis, ¿no crees? Laura es la creadora de Mama Systems, y vamos a ir a ver kind of get a, a more detailed explanation of what that entails and what, how she came up with the idea. She's an entrepreneur. She's a mother of 10, six biological kids and three adopted children, which is, you know, another, I think, uh, angle to this whole story because we always admire people who um, are chosen moms, right? Like people who are choosing to, to love. And Laura, how did the whole idea, well, how did you come up with Mama Systems? Yeah, so when the year that we adopted, we adopted a sibling group of three and we had just had our fifth biological And with us adopting, we had to move back to Texas. We were up in Seattle for a couple of years. We had to move back to Texas to adopt them. So we moved across country with all these little people and then got a bunch more little people that had special needs, but we didn't know it at the time. And so our life, like I felt like I was a really good mom before that. Like I really had it down, I had things in place. We we're rocking and rolling. I was a fun mom on the floor with them all that. Like, you know, just kind of your ideal. That's how I visioned myself. And then it was like somebody just threw me into the ocean And was like, good luck out there. Because I just, I felt like we were just in survival mode all the time. We had five little people, four and under, all in diapers. And it was so much. And so everything that I had in place before went out the window. We were homeschooling before. And now I had kids in public school and therapists in and out of our home and caseworkers in and out of our home. And so I was searching for something, <laughs> anything to help me kind of survive the day, to help me feel like I was doing something worthwhile, right? And that search led me nowhere. I found no one that had our experience, um, that had like our ratios of people in our home and even people coming in and out of our home all day. And so I was like, you know, we just got to figure something out because this is not cutting it. I cannot live. I remember just standing up against the wall thinking like, if I could just make it to bedtime, if I can get them in their cribs. Like I was just living my day to get to bedtime. And we can't live that way, right? So that was kind of my point of like, we've got to do something. And slowly I just started trying to figure out the systems that would work for us and that would actually help our family and not hinder our family. And I kind of viewed it as like, hey, we're dumping all the pieces out on the table, starting from scratch. And we're gonna start sifting through, trying to figure out, you know, for puzzle's sake, edges and colors and all the things. But for life's sake, like, hey, what really works for us? What gives us life? What do I want to instill in my kids? How can we be proactive in that? All of those things, like the things that drain us, we're gonna get rid of. So that's kind of how I started forming systems for our home. And then once those were in place, I realized that, oh my goodness, our house is peaceful. And it's just kind of a, a miracle, really, because people will come in and they'll be like, it's so quiet here. What's, where is everyone? I'm like, oh, they're, you know, doing their thing. 
whatever. But it's not like a mad, it's not a madhouse as you would think a home with 10 children would be. And so that feels very life-giving to be able to live in a place of peace. And now I've kind of turned that and pivoted that to be able to help other moms figure out systems that work in their home so that they can have more peace-filled lives. So that's a very long answer to your question. (laughs) Each home and each mom and each child is so unique, right? I feel like maybe there's moms out there with like one child or two children that they're like in the middle of it and they're just like, they don't see a way out to the chaos, right? Because like you said, they're in survivor mode. They're like an automatic pilot. Every day seems like groundhog day, right? Like they're repeating the same patterns over and over. What's the first step that a mom needs to take in order to start that path towards a more peaceful, organized environment? Yeah, I think assessing is kind of the number one thing because we live such reactionary lives. And so a lot of us from day to day will get get home from work or kids will get off the bus or however your afternoon looks. And it's just request after request after request, thing after thing after thing, like I need to grocery shop, I need to cook a meal, he needs to go to soccer practice, the baby needs feeding, changing, like it's just all the stuff. And so if we can just take a beat and really get to the bottom of what we're actually doing and then sifting through that and being like, you know what, I have Tommy signed up for soccer, but he's three and he doesn't really need to be in soccer. He doesn't enjoy it. It's a battle every day. And I'm really just doing it because of my neighbors, like because all my friends are doing it. That's the only reason I'm doing it. So we're not serving our family. When I went on this trip, of course, like the helicopter mom that I could be, I did like a very detailed schedule, right? And my mom, once she got the email, she was like, oh my God, like no one realizes how much stuff is on your mind and you have to think about, right? So it'll be like Monday morning, he has to wear this uniform, make sure you take this, make sure you pack this, make sure you put the sun to drive into the school, you know, drop off and top of the ride is going to be, you know, find that on the left side of the thing. Make sure you, you know, you have to take like whatever, the pillow on Monday. There's just so many details that we have stored in our brain and, you know, even ourselves, we don't even notice ourselves how loaded our minds are with all these small details that just need to get done and they need to happen until you you know in my case until I actually put it in writing and this was this like five page email (laughs) of instructions and details you know and this is all the stuff that we carry in our in our mind for sure I saw a post recently going back to your what you mentioned about like signing up your kids to extracurricular activities and stuff after school and it said it was like one of those collage posts like with multiple slides and stuff on Instagram and so it was like before you sign up your kid for an extracurricular activity go through this thought process and it was like one are you signing them up to this specific activity because this is something you want them to do that maybe you did and you loved or you wanted to do and never could do da 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 okay that was one why do you want them to do it are you wanting them to do it because you want them to be burn energy or whatever do they want to do it is this something they've been asking you and then i think the last one was around how like does this actually bring value to the life that you have with your child or is it something that is like a A heavy lift for you and it was like during the week where I was analyzing like okay what am I going to do with Victoria after school because the afternoons are this like beautiful blank canvas but that's like good and bad because sometimes I feel like when I'm picking up Victoria after school I'm like okay, here we go. Like, you know, like roll up your sleeves. Like, let's do it. And I'm like, oh, it's only two o'clock. Like, but when you are proactive, like what you said, like, I definitely think it, it, you have a little bit more of an idea or a loose plan. It can be so helpful. So yeah, you're saying assessing number one is like the first kind of like big step towards this. What else do you think is important for us to think about? Yeah. So I think going through that list 
and really kind of diving into each thing because there's some things that you're just going to have to do no matter what, right? But there's other things that are on your list that other people can do too. And maybe those things drain you. And so if we can get those off of your plate and delegate them out to someone else, like that frees you up to be more present with your people. Why are moms so afraid to delegate? I feel like there's a lot of moms who just, I mean, is it the guilt? But some moms don't have a lot of choices. Like financial burdens are, are tough also. Yeah, I think there's kind of a both and there of, yes, it's hard to like, I don't have a million dollars to pay for a housekeeper and a cook and a, like all the things, right? And if I did, I would do that because I think that's wonderful. I don't have that money. Awesome. But I could partner up with a friend and say like, hey, let's do meals together. If you cook for Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll cook for Monday and Thursday. And and you're sharing the load with someone else. Like that lightens your load a lot. It lightens their load a lot. And you're kind of doing it together, right? I think there is like a pride control sort of situation um, that also comes in there. It's hard asking for help. And for years, I never asked for help. I just did it all because that's what I was told, explicitly told to do. But just our media and everybody tells us that's what we're supposed to do. You should be able to handle it all. You chose to stay home. You should be able to do it all. Oh, my God. That's my brain right now. You just said my brain out loud. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. I think there's so much beauty in us being able to be vulnerable enough to say like, hey, I'm struggling. I need help right now. And whether that's to your spouse or to a friend or to your parents, like whoever you have in your circle around you, like being that vulnerable and asking for help invites them in to be able to serve you and love you because odds are they probably want to do that, right? And I think often we think they're not going to want to do that. We say all their nose for them. But really, if we can kind of flip that dialogue and say like, hey, how would I respond to a friend who came and said, I'm really struggling right now. Can you help me with this? We wouldn't like push them away, right? We'd say, yeah, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And we'd want to probably do above and beyond what they've asked for. And so if we can just believe that others have the best intentions for us and kind of move forward in that way, I think that helps us so much. and really creates a beautiful intimacy and vulnerability between whoever you are speaking with. It's so interesting. Um, and you're right. I think the asking for help part is tough, especially in those situations recently. So I, you know, I stopped working in May of this year. And now that my daughter is back in school, prior to that, my husband and I would split like the drop offs and the pickups. And so now as we geared up for the school year, I was like, well, you're not working anymore. So like now I can take them on. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. So I've been doing pickup and drop off every day. And but we started school here feels like forever ago <laughs> so long ago already did you see some people start school this week i know I'm like, are you kidding me? we've been in school for years already so anyway i think it was last week my husband said to me he's like look i have had a realization that if i don't like insert myself in situations to help you you're not gonna ask me and i realized that like He's like, I'm not really getting to like spend as much time with Victoria anymore because, yeah. you know, I'm like working and stuff and I don't have that time of drop offs or whatever. He's like, so whenever I can, I'm going to ask you if I can drop her off at school and I need at least like a day or two to be able to drop her off so I can hang out with her in the mornings. And I was like, what? Yes please. Like, I was like, that would be great. And he's like, I can't commit to specific days, but I just want you to know that like, I also am watching you. And I realize that you're just going to keep on taking things and putting them on your back unless I like stop you. For me, it's like a work in progress to do what you're saying, which is like, stop and ask for help. I think the internal narrative of like, 
well, but you're supposed to be able to handle this because you're, you know, you're not working. But like, this is the longest job I've ever worked. <laughs> this is like the craziest job I've ever worked. Like, there's no performance reviews. There's no specific set of hours. There's no pay. Like, but this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this is tricky. It's a hard job. It's a really hard job for real. What um, do you think, Laura, is the most effective hack that you have seen work in families? You know, people that go from like being completely chaotic, let's just like, even, and when I say chaos and a chaotic environment, I think that could look very different for a lot of people, right? That could maybe mean a messy home or just like, you know, not feeling like you have a, a set schedule. I mean, that's chaotic to me, right? Because I'm, I run away from that. Like, I like structure, I like schedule, I like order, I like the toys being away, I like, you know, everything. I'm a little bit to the, ex the other extreme. But what's the best hack in creating that change, right? Like, in kind of like walking into a space that you feel space and also into a an environment and season where you feel like you have stuff under control. Yeah, I think that comes down to knowing yourself and knowing what that is that makes you feel chaotic. So when I walk into my home and there's crap everywhere, that makes me feel chaotic. Then I automatically escalate. Everybody coming and talking to me, I'm like, like I'm just not a pleasant person. And so it sounds silly that I'm like, oh, the house needs to be clean for me to be a good mom, no, right? And kind of, I'm saying that, but kind of not really. Like it doesn't need to be spotless, but things need to be picked up. If everything is chaotic around me, I'm going to feel chaotic. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing that about myself and then creating a system for that. Truthfully, a system is anything that we can put in place that takes that brain power off of us. So that could be that every day at two o'clock, you guys are doing a big toy cleanup or that you have diapers delivered every month. So you're not having to think about that. Like whatever those things are for you, like let's put a system in place. So it's taking it off of your brain. We lessen those decisions and therefore lessen that decision fatigue. So once you know that, I think we need to kind of work on that. It's all about knowing yourself. I, I truly believe that really the whole family is about you. <laughs> Ultimately, we're the center of the universe. <laughs> it sounds like that's not right, right? No, no, no. I get but it. it is. I get it. <laughs> but it is. Like if you're in a grumpy mood, you're going to be rude to your husband. You're going to like everything in the house just kind of oozes out of you. Mm. And we kind of set the tone for the whole home. And so we need to figure out how to get that part of you in a calm space. So Hey, is it when people come home in the afternoon and you're like automatically everything just escalates because everybody's so loud and they're talking and, you know, there's all these things to do. So what can we do ahead of time to get you in a better space for that? What do we need to prep beforehand? When are we going to set a timer to make that happen so we don't forget? Then do I need 20 minutes before they come home to like really get in a good space and make sure I'm wrapped up all of my stuff? Like what, what are those things that are going to bring you life? Because really, it's all about you. Your people can be really dysregulated and you can regulate them if you are regulated, you know? So I'm going to assume um, with the range of ages in your household of your children, I'm going to assume they have like responsibilities as well and they contribute to the well-being of your home, right? Of their home. What advice do you have for moms of very young children uh, to get them to a place where they can learn to contribute and be part of the system that makes everybody kind of feel better? Yeah. So I love this question. I'm a big believer in teamwork. Like I know that while I can say that the whole household revolves around me and though I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is, but I can say that. And at the same time, I know that our whole family has to work together for our family to thrive. Mm -hmm. Like I can't do it all by myself. And so that realization is something that I let them know often of like, hey guys, I can't do this all by myself. I can't pick up after every single one of you. I can't be the thinking like 
several of ours have special needs. And so I'm often like their thinking brain is mm -hmm. what we call it, their frontal cortex of making decisions and planning out things and all of that. I am just not capable of doing that. I would be checked in somewhere and would not be pretty. So how we do that is really kind of creating a plan to make that piece that we talked about. So if that for us is, so let me give you our, our real example. Every day at five o'clock, we do five o'clock jobs. And I've kind of thought through all the things that I need to be picked up, put away, help with, all of those things, and then I assign them to kids. And these typically looks like three different things of like getting ready for the next day at school. So they need to lay out their clothes, make their lunch, whatever they need to do for school the next day. They help do one thing for dinner so that, you know, when I had a two-year-old, he was putting silverware on the table for us. It's not like huge. I'm not staying there being like, wow, sure, I'm glad I gave him that chore that's been so <laughs> yeah. helpful to me. But what it is doing is it's building this team mentality in him that, hey, we're all working together right now. We have this set time of five o'clock where we all have jobs. And after that time is over, we look around the house, dinner's on the table, table's set. I'm not ticked off that the whole house is a disaster again after I've already cleaned it. Like all of those things are already, we're all working together to make this peaceful home for all of us. And do they ever not want to participate? <laughs> We're like in that stage. So funny, the other day I saw, I read somewhere like if you want to raise a criminal, teach them to not pick up, to not have structure, to just let, <laughs> let them do whatever they want. So every time I look at Ford and he, I'm like, okay, baby, let's clean up. It's fine. He's like, no, it's you're okay. Like, I'm raising wanna, a criminal. I'm like, you're in a path to criminal. Like, <laughs> he like... You know, so we're like in the stage where we're trying to like teach them to like want to participate and want to be part of a team. And because right now they're just like, no, it's okay. I'm good. I, I don't want to pick up. It's okay. And I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, I think that coming up with your, like trying to support them the best way possible. Because again, all kids are different. All parents are different, right? So, but if we can figure out what feels overwhelming to this child where they're automatically saying no. The end of fun. Washing yeah. her hands, <laughs> brushing her teeth, putting her shoes on. The list goes on, Laura. Yeah, but if you can figure out what, hey, how can I set them up for success in this? Is that setting a timer? I think getting myself out of the way is really helpful. So if I can set an alarm on a device in our home. Mm, like, it's not me, it's Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always scared she's going to start talking to my serenade, which is why oh. I'm coming. <laughs> it's fine, it doesn't matter. But if you can set, like, she will do songs at a certain time. So you could have a plate frozen for you while she's supposed to be brushing her teeth and washing her hands. And so when she hears that song, she has to go into the bathroom and get her on board with, say, hey, what song do you want to do when we, when it's time to get ready for bed? Like, do you think we should do... I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I can literally picture Victoria being like, oh, there's Frozen. Alexa, stop. <laughs> she literally, and I'll be like, no, that was the schedule. <laughs> but no, 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 you're right. Like, maybe, yes, maybe if we get it into like a pat, like a rhythm and a habit, it'll work. Yeah, I think our kids really thrive on that. They thrive on knowing what's coming. And so I realize that there's probably, I have a child with oppositional defiance disorder. And so when you when you say no, or like whatever negative thing is gonna come out of their mouth when you ask them to do something, like hear me say that I understand that a million times over. And I think just being clear, making it clear for them of what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. And then being clear with yourself of like, is this that important to me that I'm gonna die on this hill? And if it is, what needs to be kind of the, trajectory of this choice that they're making. So if they're like, no, I'm not going to clean up my toys. Okay, well, we can't eat dinner until the room's cleaned up. So I guess we just won't eat dinner until the room's cleaned up. Or mommy and daddy and I are going to go, mommy, daddy and I, that's like three people. <laughs> we we count as multiple people sometimes. We're going to go sit down and eat dinner. <laughs> and so once the toys are cleaned up, then you can come join us. Or I guess that means we can't watch a show tonight. Or I guess that means we can't read our book tonight. So I'll have to clean up this instead of reading a book to you. And whatever that is for your kiddo, I think you can 
kind of craft something. But if we're just very matter of fact about it, I think it's when we get into those escalations of like, well, you made the mess. You need to clean it up. Like, and we're escalating, then they're escalating. And then it's this huge thing when it's like, we could have taken care of this in two seconds, you know? Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawaii es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Esto solo es el principio. Porque lo mejor. Esto no se va a quedar así. Lo más impactante. ¿Por qué? Soy tu padre. Esta mujer me robó. Por favor, abre tus ojos. Está por venir en... ¡Pablo! ¡Entendiste! Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. Y eso sí que amerita un brindis, ¿no crees? I found it very interesting that you named it Mama Systems, right? Because I feel like it, it just kind of highlights how it's just not just like a little hack here and there. It, it really is more of an elaborate system, right? Like an organizational chart or format. I think it's important to kind of like remind moms that it does entail a little bit more of an elaborate system than, than we think. Yeah. And I think that often, like when you're talking about schedules and charts and all of that, like your very detailed schedule. I think that's what a lot of people think of when they think of systems. And so my, I'm always like, don't, don't think that, don't mm -hmm. think that. Cause I think it's helpful to have that. And some people definitely need that and thrive off that. But I think the more, more kiddos we have, the more crazy life gets, the less this- Right, that becomes re doing less realistic. Right? Like, absolutely. And so, and then we just kind of throw the whole thing out. But if we can create that framework and say like, okay, well around eight o'clock after I drop them off at school, I'm coming home and I'm doing, X, Y, and Z. We can kind of build that rhythm with a schedule like that, right? And then that rhythm just kind of becomes second nature. And those are the things that you do every day. And you learn how to be flexible in that. So if a kid has to come home from school, you still know, okay, I'll tuck them in on the couch or whatever, and I can keep doing what I'm doing. It doesn't have to derail you for all day long, you know? Lele, I feel like Karen, like her drop-off and pick-up window is like, count them begins right now. You know what I mean? Like you need to be as productive as you can during yeah, that window. It, yeah, the other day I did something. So I cook basically almost every day in our household. And I realized that I don't know how to cook not for real-time eating. Like my food, the type of food that I make is like really good when you eat it in the moment, but I don't know how to cook like earlier in the day and like for something for dinner. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. So the other day I was like, okay, I have help with childcare two afternoons a week. And those two afternoons, I'm like, these are my afternoons, like it's for me, whatever. But one of those days recently, I was like, okay, you know, what if I try to have dinner ready before our nanny leaves? And that way, when I'm with Victoria, like after she leaves at like five or whatever, I could just be with her. I could try to be like my husband and like just play with her or whatever. And so I did it and like the food really sucked in my opinion. Juan was like, no, it was it was okay. And I was like, mm, that's you being really nice. But it was such a relief to just 
be able to hang out with her with my respons- my responsibility already being checked off. I mean, in other occasions, meaning every other day of the week, I cook with her. And I try to bring her into the kitchen and she'll help me with stuff when she's in the mood to do it. Sometimes she's not in the mood to do it. I don't force right. her. But it was... It was me trying to be like proactive, like what you said, and organize myself beforehand so that I can have kind of like the peace of mind to be to dive into my time with her because it makes a huge difference. If I step into my home already kind of frazzled in the afternoon with Victoria, then she's going to feel it. Juan's going to feel it. The dog's going to be like nervously looking at me. It, it really all comes out of how we feel. But yes, my <laughs> her time at school, like I'm like, let's go. We got to get stuff done now because <laughs> the less stuff I have to accomplish with her, right. the better our time is because it's really, it's tough to get things done with your kids that don't revolve around them. Like it's really tough. 100% agree with you. I think a really productive way to like look at your week and to be most productive with your week so that you're not like, okay, but what are we going to do? Like I've got to get all this done because I do feel like it like kind of feeds, it, feeds into this frenzy, but creating a plan for your week of when you're going to do what. So if you have a a side hustle or something like that and you want to work on that during the week doing all of that on Monday and then doing all the laundry on Tuesday and then doing like your meal prep and your meal planning on Thursday like however you want to break that up for yourself looking at all of your tasks helps so much because you're not task switching and when you can just kind of get in the zone and focus on a task and just get it done you are so much more productive and your week will feel like you have so much more time during the week for sure I think that's a good point to like Take it in and let's like leave everyone with that because that's really I love helpful. that. So first of all, we had to identify like what that's a priority for us and for our families. Mm-hmm. And just, I always say like, just be honest also with yourself. Like yeah. this is not going to work for me or this is going to work for me. Or like, I don't care about this. Like kind of like choosing why like you're you non-negotiable. <laughs> She's like, I think I'm going to be a room mom. Like, and I was like, Pamela, second, no, like, you're not going like, to be a room mom. I'll be a room mom. <laughs> no. Manya, Jessica like talked into decorating the door for ooh, December. Ooh, ooh. For December. I know, no, for January. And the theme is Arctic animals. So you have to find a creative way to come up with an Arctic animal theme that incorporates the child's, all the children's name on the door, blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to hire someone to like... I was like, this is, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, but I know my weaknesses. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I kind of got a little pressure into doing it. I, I know my weaknesses and I know my strength. Like, I'm not creative. I'm not artsy. Like, I'm okay. I yeah, don't yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. I think today's episode, I hope it sets like a little push into like just taking the first step to really being proactive about finding what's going to work for you and your family so that you do find that peace. Like it is not okay to be in survival mode all the time for a long time. It's okay maybe like a short season, but to live that way, like that's no way of living. Like, right, we want to, like what we say, we want to thrive and not just survive and blah, blah, blah. But it really is, I, I hope this episode really pushes people to like think in a way that they do what they have to do to kind of find that, peaceful environment and just like a more productive right because when you're being productive at least for me I'm feeling good when I'm checking stuff out on my list and I feel like I have control and I'm like getting stuff done like it just feels good Mm -hmm. so do what you gotta do yes (laughs) thank you Laura so much for sharing your you know insight on everything that you've built with mama systems and you want to share your Instagram where people could find more resources yes please yeah absolutely so I'm at mama systems on Instagram and Facebook and all the things. And I would love to share, I have a little short e-guide that will help moms kind of think through how we can delegate and build teamwork in our home. I would love to share that with your people as well. Awesome. We'll make sure to share that. I mean, I'm surprised you found the time to sit down yes. when to did you do, do this, this podcast. <laughs> 
to, you know, considering you have, well, I guess you have some of the kids. You have one child that went to college now, right? She's still home. She'll be going next year. Okay, so just the fact that there's no noise. She already did a college visit. Like, she's like, I'm on it. Like, (laughs) I noticed that before you speak, you, like, take a beat and, like, you, like, think before you speak, which... It's like a, such a small detail, but I feel like that's like representative, uh, representative of everything things. of like approaching In our life. life. Like before we're just like reacting like crazy, like we stop, think, okay, this is what makes sense. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like your overall vibe is very like, yeah, I, was I love so- it. Because I'm, I'm like a I'm freaking awe, tornado. Right? Especially like, if you imagine like having 10 children and you still find the time to take a pause. You Be an entrepreneur. <laughs> Hello. Very, very um, admirable and kudos to you for building this. And and also thank you for taking the time and being on our podcast today. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was really fun hanging out with you. Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawaii es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Esto solo es el principio. Porque lo mejor... Esto no se va a quedar así. Lo más impactante... ¿Por qué? Soy tu madre. Esta mujer me robó. Por favor, abre tus ojos. Está por venir en... ¡Pablo! ¡Entendiste! Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. Y eso sí que amerita un brindis, ¿no crees?